Welcome back to the Bush League Podcast. I am your co-host, Dalton Thompson. He is Zach Ashby. Zach, welcome back to the pod. Thank you, Dalton. It is, you know, edging closer and closer. We got 13 more days. We are two weeks away. Under two weeks now. Under two weeks away. By the time people are listening to this, by the time people are listening to this, let me do the math. We're recording on Thursday, March third, March sixteenth, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. Am I right? So it'll be the 21st when you're listening to this, which is roughly a week and some change uh, before the first game. But Zach, welcome back. We are so excited to uh, to hop into this podcast and uh, talk more about. The World Baseball Classic, spring training, uh, some of the guys who got sent down. So, uh, Zach, what uh, what are your thoughts on the Cardinals making these decisions with ample amount of time left in spring training? Um, and those decisions being the demotion of Moises Gomez, Tink Hens, Connor Thomas, and Yvonne Herrera. What are your thoughts? Um, I think it's I think it's better to do it just clean slate get it done now then you know having them kind of wondering you know last minute you know week out like am i am i making roster am i not making roster um you know these guys you know it gives them ample amount of, enough time to kind of get into that mindset like transition oh, back yeah into transition minor all of them are um all of them went to you know memphis so they're all triple a right Right. So, you know, that gives them that kind of that triple A mindset, like, okay, I didn't make I didn't make the uh I didn't make the forty man. Uh but listen, like you know, I'm some of these, I'm only some of these guys player. are on the forty man. Um or uh, Go- the the active. Yeah, the active, yeah. Uh Gomez was on the was on the forty man. I wanna say Connor Thomas and Yvonne Herrera both are as well. I know Tink uh was not, so he is uh, getting reassigned to minor league camp. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I I think the biggest one for me that I'm most surprised about is Gomez. I, I know he strikes out a lot. I know he hasn't, uh, hasn't caught the fire that he did there in that first week. But between him and, you know, him and, him Herrera. And, well, yeah. I, and I think Herrera's demotion stems more from Trace Barrera performing well along with Andrew Kisner. You know, we, yeah. We're only going to carry two catchers on the squad. And it's very obvious that Kisner and Barrera are the most ready of the two or out mm-hmm. of the three, I should say. But, you know, it, I was surprised. I was very surprised to see that they made those decisions so early. Um, I say early as if, you know, we're not two weeks away from yeah, opening exactly. day, but it's still uh, it's still interesting to see how they're operating right now with uh, making decisions. Because I mean, Tink Hens has been awesome to watch. He's been electric. He's been nasty on the mound, and uh, the fact that they're already sending him down with with you know some more time to prove it. I I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I think he could have benefited very well from maybe even getting a chance 
to start the season in the bullpen. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously we have a lot of options that have ample amount of uh, time in the big leagues already and and guys they're still working through, but um, it's interesting. It's just all very interesting. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen a week from to, you know, a week from when this drops, you know, who are we going to be talking about? Who's going to be fighting out for some spots? Yeah. And I figure um, we're going to see these guys get moved, you know, a couple times around this year. So, right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, obviously we're, I'm not, you know, the front office for the Cardinals. So I don't know what exactly what they're thinking or, or what, what the game plan is with them moving them so early, but, um, they obviously have a reason why and um, just kind of have to respect that and see what they have to do about it. So right now we, we're the, the roster sits at 13 position players, um, roughly. I should say roughly because Paul DeYoung did get hurt. Uh, I don't know how hurt he is, but I think the Cardinals are starting to uh, prepare for him to not start the season on the opening day roster. And with him falling out of it, that leaves 12 players, which also opens up a spot for Jordan Walker to step in because mm-hmm. he is not 40 manned right now. So as the roster sits right now, we got 13, we've got 13 uh, position players on the 40 man. And then, uh, you know, we've got Jordan Walker waiting in the wings. So, I mean, I think, I think that's probably, you're probably safe to assume that's, that's who they're going to be going into opening day with. I would, I would, I would almost venture to say that this squad they have right now of 13 players is probably their opening day roster. If I had to guess. Yeah, I agree with that. So in that case, I think Jordan Walker is going to be on the opening day roster. If, if you're asking me, you know, at, at uh, eight ten on uh, eight ten on uh, Thursday, March 16th, whether, whether Jordan Walker is going to be on that opening day roster, I say pin the tail on that donkey because he is he is definitely going to be on that opening day roster. Starting, right? I hope so. <laughs> I don't see why not. I mean, the Cardinals are in a bind as far as how their, their lineup's going to be uh, put together, but somebody's going to get me the other day. Yeah, I know. I he, he got hurt the other day. I was like, please, God, no. Throw the, throw the season away. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Just restart, hard, re- <laughs> hard reset. Turn off the turn off the PlayStation and reset. I'm looking at this roster and it's crazy seeing like 1998, 2000, yeah, 97. Yep, uh, it's cool. We're seeing I guys think- like our. It, it was a, it was almost like surreal. Uh, you know, growing up, like, you know, you're 16 and there's guys in the major leagues that are like 22, 23. It's like, oh, that guy's seven years older than me. And now I'm 25 and I'm like, holy cow, Jordan Walker's 20 years old and going to be starting <laughs> yeah. this year. It's crazy. He's also built like a 30-year-old boxer, though. So, I mean, him and, even... um, I think him and Arson Judge are. The... Arson Judge. <laughs> they're the same. I think he might be a little bit bigger than him. They, I think uh, when he did his um, – I think six, when, 260. Yeah, I think it was something crazy like that. Uh, let me look. I'm looking right now. Jordan Walker is 6'5", 220 on, on the Cardinals website. But I, I feel like I remember him measuring in like 
Yeah. Six six two thirty or something. Like oh that. no, Aaron Judge is six seven two eighty two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a big guy, but yeah, uh, Jordan Walker big. is too. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, more more of the same story. The Cardinals are struggling to figure out where everybody is going to play because everybody is so good. Too much, too much talent. Too much talent to talk about. And I'm like, I'm right now. I'm like scribbling on uh, my notepad of like where I think everyone's going to be playing, and I'm having trouble putting together a opening day roster lineup. Just because, like, I, I think the biggest thing is going to be who plays in the outfield. It's it's the same issue we've talked about a million times. Who's going to be your three outfielders? You know, because O'Neill obviously excelled in the World Baseball Classic. So did Newt Bar. Carlson's playing well. He's showing that he can stick it from the left side. Nolan Gorman's playing very well. He's driven in. I think he leads the team in RBIs this this uh, spring training. He's kind of been under the radar as far as who they think he's going to be. And then Donovan, you can't keep him out of it. So it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be cool, though. I mean, I'm I'm okay with there being a log jam in some places because somebody something's got to give and somebody's got to perform well. So, so yeah, I think the I think the main problem the Cardinals are having is do they send Walker down and hurt his confidence a little bit and and hope he he you know builds on the strong spring he has, but he gets every day at bats. Or they keep him on the big league roster and and other guys suffer. You know, Carlson, Yepes, um, Burleson. You know, we've got we got a lot of a lot of guys, not enough time. So it's gonna be fun to watch. But um we've got Tommy Edmond and Tyler O'Neill coming back into camp. So we'll start seeing them uh peppered into the everyday lineup for this foreseeable future, it's looking like. Um, in at least for these last couple weeks of spring training, I think it was really, it was really exciting to see them perform as well as they did on a bigger stage. Kind of back to what we were talking about last week, we know how good these guys are, and I think it's very it's obvious that people don't uh, respect our players as much as we might. You know, Lars Newtbar being one of those guys, um, Tyler O'Neill as well. Obviously, we we uh, have a little disrespect towards Tyler O'Neill sometimes too, but it's uh, it's good that they're coming back into camp to to get reunited with the team, get reacclimated, and uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to have them back. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty pretty cool to see um, to share Lars with with Japan and Evan with Korea. You know. Lars has his own noodles now in Japan. No way. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see that. <laughs> noodles. Noodles. I love yeah. that. Noot. But, uh, noodles. It, you know, you see it. Everybody's like, oh, I love Lars's pregame now. Like, everybody. There's no hate, which is fantastic, because usually you see a lot of Cardinals hate for some reason. Everyone's get everyone's getting their earbud wax out. You know, they're they're starting to really become more aware of all these players. And I think this season, I just I have a different feeling about it. I know I I know we all get very confident and uh, excited about the impending season, but there's just something different about it this year. I don't I can't quite put my finger on it, but I'm I'm really really excited to see how the Cardinals perform this year. 
The biggest question is going to be their their starting pitching, which is is always yep. their biggest question. Yeah. Flaherty, so Flaherty looked good today, though. Yeah, he did. Um, we he actually gave up, he gave up a home run uh, to Jose Abreu, but other than that, he looked really good. Yeah, but that's Jose Abreu. You know, he's yeah, he's, he's a hitter. animal. Um, I was gonna say uh, we got some questions in our inbox. We did. Uh, from Adam Goad, is that correct? Yes, it is. Shout uh, out, shout out, my boy Adam. Uh, so yeah, two questions, and one was, what five pitchers make up the rotation on opening day, and do you think it's the same come playoff time? Uh, he said, I think it'll be Flirty, Flirty, Wayne Monty, Hudson, Mats. My, I'm writing it out right now just to see, make sure I'm not forgetting anybody. Um, my. My thought for the starting rotation is gonna. I think I would. I would even venture to say, if I was gonna put, if I was gonna put together a starting rotation, I would do Wayno, Michaelis, Monty, Flaherty, and Liberator. But I would also pepper in like a Stephen Matz or something for a spot start. I think Jake Woodford's proven that he can also start on the fly. He's looked awesome, but he, I also I also think he'd be awesome to see come out of the pen too, you know, like a high leverage situation just with the way that he's performed this year. But yep. I, I definitely think that's those at least four of those guys. I think Wayno, Flaherty, Monty, and Michaelis have for sure spots in the starting rotation. Um, that fifth spot I think could go one of four different ways. Yeah, they they usually. I mean, obviously with injury and you know fatigue, all that, it all it's gonna differ. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, Somebody's gonna get hurt. Somebody's gonna need time, extra time to to prepare for the next start. You know, it's just it's the way it yeah. goes. Yeah, that's just that's just how baseball is. I definitely uh, think it's gonna look different during the playoffs or or towards oh, yeah, the, towards the end of the season. Yeah, I I don't think it's even gonna. I think it will be the same, kind of the same. I don't think it'll – I think there's going to be one or two different names, hopefully. Yeah. Um, in that rotation. Um, but, you know, for my for my starting rotation, I had uh, Flaherty, and then I had it in parentheses. It's probably going to be Wayno. Yeah. And then Wayno, Michaelis, I had Woodford, and then I put in parentheses also Matts is probably going to be more likely a starter. And then I had Monty as my as the caboose as the fifth. I think that's a yeah. I I I would personally be okay with that. I I like that um, rotation a lot. I know Wayno's going to get opening day start just because he's Wayno. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then after that, you know, I'd say probably Michaelis Flaherty in that first opening that opening uh, series opening series, and then probably Stephen Matz because he's you know the vet of the the rest of the guys, and then. Monty or you know whatever, but I think uh, I definitely think it's going to look different at the end of this season, which leads us into our second question: What players do you want to see the Cardinals trade for this season? And then he also uh, added a caveat um, to keep an eye on uh, Shane Bieber. So I like and and that's a name that I wouldn't mind us going after. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, just kind of looking at you know, free agents for next year, you know, just kind of started to pitch all around. You know, I had a couple of guys that I thought would be good to trade for. Um, 
you know, you know, Carlos Rodon's gonna be a free agent. Um, maybe him, uh, Jameson Tyon from the Yanks. No, uh, he he signed with the he signed with the Cubs. Uh, this offseason. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Um, you know, his this guy's stats may not be good, but you know he's your he's gonna get you, you know, some games. Um, it's gonna be Zach Plesac. Yeah, uh, that was a name that was thrown around uh, last trade deadline as a target for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean he didn't have a very good season last year. I, I will I'll say that you know three and twelve with a four three ERA. That seems to but, be the Cardinals' trade targets at the trade deadline. Look at like look at the past three that we've we've had. It's been Quintana and Monty who who ended up having great seasons after they got traded to us, but before that it was like um, John Lester and J A Happ, you know guys who their resumes didn't look great on paper, but the Cardinals saw something in them, and then they ended up having great success with the Cardinals after being traded to them. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he tossed 131 innings, 100 strikeouts last year. Um, but, you know, I, you just got to look. I, I don't know. I think he'd be good, a good piece. Um, but in all in all, the Cardinals need to get a start, some kind of starting pitching. I have it. I I almost have it split into like the A tier, the B tier, and the C tier for who I would go after. Um, depend and all of this depends on um, where that team is going to be specifically in the season. Um, I have kind of to Adam's point. I have uh, Shane Bieber in my A tier, um, mm-hmm. along with like you know Tyler Ma- Molly, um, you know. Julio Arias, but I mean, he plays for the Dodgers. Dodgers are, comp- are are competitive. We're not. We're probably not trade partners with them. Um, Lucas Giolito is a name that I have in my A tier, just because you just, especially after last season with the White Sox, he didn't have a great season. If the White Sox, if the White Sox aren't super competitive, then I could definitely see him ended up ending up, you know, being a trade piece. And then Herman Marquez is another name that I've I've mentioned in the past with the Rockies. He's a guy who can go out and eat innings, gets a lot of ground balls, which is a guy that we obviously are very interested in because that's the kind of defense that we have. Um, he was a name that got tossed around a couple years ago as well. Right. Yeah. He he was available. Um, you know, in the past as well. Then you know you got your B tier guys like you know Jake Odorizzi. Um, Noah Syndergaard, uh, Andrew Haney, guys like that, and then Sonny Gray, and then you got your C tier where it's you know guys who who are there to eat innings like the JA Haps or uh, yeah. John Lester's, Carlos Carrasco probably would be in that C tier. Um, and Glasnow got you know healthy and stayed that was healthy. a that was a name I also had down because I, I think he's a wild card when it comes to trade value. Just because mm-hmm. the Rays are so okay with giving getting rid of guys who, um, who are who are that good, you know they they don't mind to send out talent that is is pending a, a big payday, you know they. Was this they, a oblique issue or was it a? Force? He had it was something with his uh, arm. I I don't think he had Tommy John, but I think he may have had some like reconstructive surgery. 
but he's looked good in spring training. He's obviously a guy that can go out and he's a power pitcher. He throws hard, gets a lot of strikeouts. He doesn't pitch a ton, you know, like he'll, he'll go five, six, seven innings, but that could also just be the way the Rays handle their starting pitchers. So yeah. I think it would be, I think that trade deadline is going to be huge to see what kind of pieces we could go after. And, you know, it, it's obviously all going to depend on where we, we are in the division and how competitive we, we need to be which obviously the, you know, Moselak takes into vast consideration whenever it comes to, you know, having having to go get guys. Yeah, Martin Perez is also, would be a good pickup too. I like Martin which, Perez. Yeah, from the Rangers. If, do you think we would pick up any, uh, any of the other eight positions? Probably not catcher, but – or first or third. I don't think so. Like, you don't think, like – I don't think we have the need for it. Like we just have like kind of yeah. what we were talking about. We have so much depth everywhere else. I just don't see us like the need for going to an acquire yeah. a, another bat anywhere. We can get we probably get Brian Reynolds for pretty cheap. He's been trying to get out of Pittsburgh forever. That's the thing. I think the reason he's <laughs> I think I think the reason we wouldn't be able to get him is because one, they're they're in division rivals. Two, I think that's why he hasn't been traded already is because the Pirates are wanting an arm and a leg for him. I think yeah. I think I read somewhere like the trade package that the Yankees offered was like not even close to what they're – I think they wanted like Anthony Volpe and uh, yeah, Jason Dominguez, like a big, big <laughs> package. That's not happening. You All know? the prospects. That, that's equivalent to us sending them like Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker. Like we're not yeah. doing that. Glaber Torres is up too. Um, so yeah, I'm shout out, start. shout out Adam for the question. That's the first question on the pod, yeah. first of many. Shout out Adam Goad. You will go down in history as the first person to ask a question on the Bush League podcast. Thank Maybe you. Maybe we can, uh, you know, once we start getting some merch or something going, you know, send him a T-shirt. Oh, I'll you know, definitely. Adam, the first ever. Adam, mark this down. You, I will, I will make sure you get a T-shirt. So, and for everybody else who's listening and, and not asking questions, let that be an incentive. If you, you ask go. us questions, we'll send you a T-shirt. That's fine. I will do it. I'm down with that. I always like free merch. We need we need people out wearing the merch. But in that same vein, Zach, hit me with the Instagram social. What's our social? Uh, Bush League official underscore. And our Twitter is Bush Bush underscore League pod. And our email, again, please send us emails. We love to answer questions. Is Bush League Cards Pod at Gmail. Once again, that is Bush League Cards Pod at Gmail.com. Now, Zach, I have a question for you. I am. Do you have access to the tickets for opening day right now? Are you able to look at opening day tickets right now? I can. My question to you is where should I sit? Because I have not purchased my tickets yet. And left I was, field bleachers. Left field bleachers? That's an automatic. Really? That's where the real fans sit. Explain. Come on now. That's where all the, the real fans. You know, they sit, you know, they just 
it's just where they they sit. I don't I don't know what to tell you. Last year, Kristen and I sat behind first base. Obviously, we wanted to sit over there because it was Pujols' last game, and he was playing first and uh, or not. You know, he was DHing, but uh, you know, we wanted to be over there if he got on base, and he did, which was awesome. I got an awesome picture of it, but. This year, I'm uh, I'm in between. I, I I'm okay spending a little bit of money. I know I'm gonna have to, but I want some good seats. I want to be close to the action. I want to get that first game experience, kind of like last year. It was like one of those things where now it's like I gotta keep feeding the fire. I'm trace. I'm chasing the dragon. Okay. You know. So th- so this is this is how I'll back up left field. So if it's opening day, so if you're wanting to get opening day tickets, right? Left field bleachers is perfect because if you sit, you know, behind everybody, behind the plate or in, le- or in first base, right base, or left, first base, third base, I don't know. It just doesn't seem very, like, it doesn't seem genuine. But, like, if I'm in the outfield, I'm with the fans, you know, the Clydesdales are dropping elbows. Uh, you know, you have all the Hall of Famers waving at you. That would be kind of cool. I just, I just think the left field bleachers is just always the way to go. Maybe, maybe that's what I'll look at. Maybe I, maybe instead of getting like close to the action, like on the first or third base side, maybe I'll find tickets that are like front row and left field or something like that. Here, I'll look for you right now. Yeah, I'm gonna pull it up too. This is great. This is great podcasting from us. Everyone's uh, listening to us search for uh, <laughs> opening day tickets. Love it. <laughs> I. I wanna um I seen maybe we can do this, but I seen that I wanna sit in the champions club or green seats eventually. Yeah. And, yeah, that would be pretty sweet. Oh uh, yeah. I probably need to I probably need to run these by Kristen as well because I know she's gonna no, just to put on it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'll just buy them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Just buy them. I'm on uh, I'm on TickPick, no free ads, but uh they're awesome. They have uh the cheapest tickets I've ever Scene with really standing room only right now is forty one dollars. That's the cheapest. That's not bad. I don't know because I mean, not everybody shows up. So right. Well, and I'm I'm thinking more for viewing purposes. You know, like I I do Mm -hmm. prefer to sit on the first base side. That's good. Big Big Mac Lane wasn't that bad. I sat there during postseason last year. It wasn't too bad. Man, I do I do want some seats that are good view, but I also I want to be in I want to be in it with the fans. I'm gonna I'm gonna table this for for another for another sitting, but I just wanted to run that by you. I didn't know if you had like a a section that you that's usually what I sit in left field bleachers. Yeah, left field bleachers for yeah. sure. I'll keep that in consideration. But, but uh, I do want to say uh, I was looking at tickets, so me and you can maybe get some content. Um, but uh, they play the D-backs in late April at home. Champions Club was like 30 bucks. So No way. Yeah, so maybe we can snag some tickets. Let me put it, let me put it this way. If you, buy, if you ever buy tickets or anything like that, like if you buy a couple and you want to do content or whatever, just let me know and I'll send you money for them. I don't even care. I'll just go. Yeah, we need a – that'd be fun to do. Sweet. Everyone's hearing hearing our thought process. Make sure you listen to the pod. You'll know when we're going to the games. We'd love to meet everybody. Um, hopefully, there's a lot of people listening and and people people uh, will want to talk. And 
we're we are very much involved with the the St. Louis Cardinals social media space. We uh, give our hot takes online. Like I've always said, Zach is a great follow. Zach, drop your social. Uh, Zach Zachary Ashby eight. Zachary Ashby eight on Twitter. I am uh, Dalt M Tomp. I think. What is my Twitter? Dude, I've had quite the day today. I'm not even going to lie to you. Yep, it's Dalt M. Tomp. D-A-L-T-M-T-H-O-M-P. Follow us online. Follow us on Twitter. Um, so how about this? How about we do some trivia? I'll give you like three questions and we'll uh, – I love it. Okay. I cool. love trivia. Hit me with it. Everyone, okay. everyone at home, uh, you're playing along as well. This is this is some St. Louis Cardinals trivia. We'll do we'll do three questions, you know, not nothing too crazy. Sweet. Hit me okay, with you. Me. Ready? Yep. Question number one. What was the original name of the St. Louis Cardinals? I believe that would be the St. Louis Browns, if I'm right in my thinking. I think it is. That is correct. It is the Brown stockings. Let's go. One for one. Well, began in St. Louis with the inception of the Brown Stockings and the National Association in 1875. Did they turn in? They turned into the Orioles, didn't they? They did. Man, that's a little bonus. That's a bonus point. Hit me with Why did, Okay, question number two. Why did the National League expel St. Louis in 1877? 1877? Yep. Oh, jeez. Uh, you, oh. you want some options? I'm trying. I'm trying to put myself back into that time because I remember it so vividly. Um, I'm gonna say because they won too much. That was actually a, one of the answers, but that's not the right answer. What's the right answer? The right answer is game fixing. Oh. The National League expelled St. Louis from the league after 1877 due to a game-fixing scandal, and the team went bankrupt. No Without a league, way. they continued play as a semi-professional barnstorming team through 1881. Dang. That's crazy. So they, they preceded the, uh, the white shootless Joe Jackson in the 1909 Chicago White Sox. Yeah, I guess so. Did not know that. I guess we're all degenerates at heart. I didn't know that either. <laughs> hmm. Okay. All right. Question number three. Man, I don't know who any of these people are besides one of these guys. So it's probably the obvious answer. Which Carnold hit the first major league grand slam outside of the United States? So uh, is the question – the Cardinals played a game outside of the United States or the players from outside of the United States? Hey, I'll give you kind of a hint. It was the, it was a team in the league that wasn't uh, – well, actually, I'll just say it. it was the Montreal Expos, but um, – Who was the first player to hit a home run in Montreal? A, a grant – which Cardinal hit the first Major League Grand Slam outside of the U.S.? All right, give me some options. <laughs> Veda, Vada, Veda Pinson. Dick Grote. Dick Grope. Grote. Grote. Joe Torrey. Dale or Dal Maxville. I'm going to go with Joe Torrey because that's the only guy I know. I thought you said the guy's name was Dick Grope. 
That'll oh be a day. Oh my god, I was gonna get but, a jersey. Unfortunately, Joe Torrey is not the answer. I thought that's what it was too, but it was not. Oh. It was Dow Maxville. Oh, that's had a witch hunt. Six, yeah, just, had just six home runs in his 14-year major league career. Holy cow. That's but crazy. One, but one bright spot came on April 14, 1969, when he hit a grand slam home run in Canada during the Montreal, during the Montreal Expos Cardinals game at Park Jerry. The more you know. Yeah, well, that's, I, 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 I consider I consider that like a one and a half for three. I feel like I was uh, close enough on the Cardinals uh, winning too much, but apparently we're all degenerates. We all uh, we all like to gamble. We all like to fix things. <laughs> I got one final thought, and I want to know your opinion on it because it's been a big point of contention all day today. Okay, with Edwin Diaz. What are your thoughts on major league players going and playing in the World Baseball Classic? And do you feel like things like Edwin Diaz's injury can be avoided completely by shutting down MLB players going and playing? What kind of effect do you think that has on the game itself? And how important do you hold the World Baseball Classic as opposed to like a World Series victory? Um, I think the thing with Ed- Edwin D- Diaz was just a freak accident. I don't – you can get hurt playing baseball, right? Right. Um, you know, they're playing baseball, even though it's a little more competitive than spring training, you'd be doing the same thing in, in West Palm Beach, right? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously this is a little more, you know, worth worth the while uh, to say, but um, – I think the World Baseball Classic is good. I think um, a lot of people hold it a lot more closely than than a World Series. Um, you're representing your country, which um, which is, it, it's an honor to do that. So, um, well, you know, and, my... and coming from somebody of your stature, where you're in the military and you're serving our country on a totally different different basis, you know, in a totally different manner. But you you have a firsthand knowledge of, like, this is what it feels like to serve my country. Obviously, it's a totally different realm of the world, but in the same sense, it, I, it is kind of a pride thing with with representing your country on a, on a global scale, uh, kind of to what you were saying. You know, it, and, and for everyone who's listening who, who, does, who may be living under a rock and doesn't know what's going on with Edwin Diaz, he – um the Puerto Rican team right he played or was it Venezuela one of those teams won their pool and they celebrated on the field and during the celebration Edwin Diaz the star closer for the New York Mets tore his patellar tendon in his knee and is going to be out for the season a lot of people have had the take that world baseball classic games are exhibition games in a sense that they don't have any Barrence on, you know, a major league team's record at the end of the season. Um, and they don't, you know, they don't win you a World Series championship. Obviously, the players who play in it understand the risk whenever they sign up to go play. You can get injured. You're going to be ridiculed if you get injured while you're away from the team because pe- some people look at it as an exhibition game. I look at it on the other side of it as kind of what you were saying was serving your you're not serving your country on on a military basis but you are representing your country on a on an athletic basis it's almost like the olympics right players or uh, athletes qualify for the olympics to go 
uh, compete against the best of the best in all the, all the other countries to show how important or, or how, how much, how more superior we are in, in a specific sport. Edwin Diaz getting injured is a freak accident. It could have been avoided. It also couldn't have been predicted. And, and the same thing could have happened in spring training, like you said, on the field. It's uh, it's very unfortunate, but the takes of people saying it's an exhibition game and I just think it's ridiculous. These games, these games do matter. You see, like it's incredible watching these games. It yeah, well, and it's it's incredible watching these games and seeing these stadiums be packed. You know, in the in the Tokyo Dome in Japan, that stadium was louder than any MLB stadium. Just because of of Otani, you know, just being there, these games don't have any bearance on um, an MLB team's schedule. But obviously, the results of it can have a lasting impact on the season as a whole. Now, Edwin Diaz is out for the season. The Mets got to scramble to find a closer. But I I guarantee you, if you go up to Edwin Diaz and say, "Would you play in the World Baseball Classic again?" he would he would probably say ten out of ten times. Yeah, and it's also. Um... It's also a very good exposure, um, you know, showcasing because you've seen a lot of those guys on Japan, like, dude, they just rake the ball. They right. rake the ball. I forgot what that one guy's name was, but he had like a couple homers and he was hitting over 500 or something crazy. Right. Well, and those are guys that are going to end up, you know, Getting moving signed. over to ML. Exactly. There was the, the, pitcher, there was the pitcher for, um, Nicaragua. Yeah, he got somebody. Yeah, yeah. Got he struck out Soto, Devers, and Machado, and he ended up getting a contract out of it. So it's obviously a, a springboard for a lot of those players who might be dwindling in the minor leagues or or an independent ball. But it's just it's unfortunate. It's frustrating. I hate seeing the dumb takes of like these games don't matter. Why are these players playing? They need to ban MLB players. These games matter more for a lot of these players. I saw a tweet today. Um, uh, a, a reporter went and asked five players on the Dominican Republic team how what's more important to them, winning a World Baseball Classic or winning a World Series. Four of those players said a World Baseball Classic win is more important to them than winning a World Series. And that other players said they're the same in their, in their eyes. Nobody, nobody out of all of those five players picked the World Series as being more important. I think players from other countries probably hold it in a higher standard than maybe we would in the United States because we do have the World Series. But those players putting on the Puerto Rican uniform or the Dominican Republic uniform or the Venezuelan uniform, they feel a sense of pride of representing their country on a grand scale. So it is it is that important to them. Yeah, and um, you know, obviously, I've never been to a WBC game. I would I would have loved to gone this year to Miami or wherever to go see it. Um, I've been to a couple World Series games, and it is wild. Um, so I can't even imagine going, you know, to Japan and, you know, seeing that many people out there and getting hyped up. Like it's a, maybe, It maybe brings it's a people together, you know. It brings entire, entire countries together. Like the United States, we're all one fan base for the team United States instead of being se- uh, separated and cheering for other teams during the regular season. So it's nice to bring everybody together and have some importance behind it. So, yeah, maybe, um, I mean, 
I guess to if there was another way to do the WBC, um, I'm not saying this is correct or anything at all. Just it's just like my kind of opinion is I think basketball used to do it, um, but take some like some of the all like no professional players. If we weren't able to do that, just take like you know the college kids like the top you know all Americans and. Um, I think the biggest problem we would see with that is kind of the same thing with the Olympics, right? If if they ban the NBA from playing in the Olympics, you're not Olympics exciting. Well, exactly. You're not. It's not the best of the best anymore. It's the best of what we can put together. I think yeah. the coolest part about the World Baseball Classic is that every country has the opportunity to pick from a, a pool of players and say, we want the best of the best. We're picking the best of the best from our country to go represent us and play against the rest of the other country's best of the best. If you limit the the pool of players to college players or uh, amateur players or whatever, it's it, the, the playing field dwindles down even less. And in, 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 in the same vein, the World Baseball Classic doesn't matter as much. I think it matters so much because these are – household names playing for their country. It's Mike Trout in center field. It's Nolan Arenado at third base. It's Ronald Acuna in center field. You know, it's it's players that we love to watch and are the best in the game. So having a World Baseball Classic without having the best players, to me, wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you, you saw Mike Trout out. I don't know, if, or I don't know if you saw it or not, but he's like, "Yeah, I, this is the most fun I've had." Yeah, playing ball. <laughs> Imagine, Imagine telling Mike Trout he he's not allowed to do that anymore, and the only time he can play baseball is in an Angels uniform. I don't think I don't think he would love that. Yeah, um, I know he's probably after this past game, he's probably chasing that dragon, and then he's going oh, back, yeah. and he's going to be like, "Yep, <laughs> back to reality." Back to reality. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to see what your opinion was on that. I've I've been reading some very stupid tweets about you know people not wanting uh, not wanting players to play in the World Baseball Classic. Obviously, most of them are Mets fans who are mad that they're not going to have their closer. But um, yeah, they're dumb trumpets. Yeah, those that pond scum, man, they'll get you. <laughs> but get well better, get well soon, Edwin Diaz. Sucks. I hate to see it happen, but it's just part of it. Um, each player knew the risk when they signed up for it, and each MLB team had to sign off on it. There were some guys who didn't even go play because their team's insurance didn't allow it, their team uh, voted against it, stuff like that. So maybe uh, maybe next next World Baseball Classic in 2026, 2027, we'll probably see a lot of players get vetoed to go play because of this instance. Yeah, I'm sure that MLB teams will put some kind of restriction. It's unfortunate, but uh, it's just the way it goes. All right, brother. All good. Final thoughts? That's it. All righty. Thank you all for listening. This has been Episode 7 of the Bush League Podcast. Zach, we're out of here. See you.